Welcome to Can You Say Mama, a podcast by two first-time mamas offering unfiltered opinions on motherhood, relationships, lifestyle, and all the things in between. We are so excited today. We have an amazing guest with us, and you will be equally excited, especially if you're currently struggling with or have gone through any kind of sleep issues with your kiddos. Anna McMillan is a certified sleep coach and the founder of Little Wink Sleep. She's created resources for caregivers to help them and their little ones get the sleep we are all desperate for. And by desperate, I mean desperate. Some of us. She's talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel attacked already. (laughs) We can't thank her enough for being here. So welcome, Anna. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. We're more excited than you. I I can tell you that. <laughs> Excited, maybe I'm a little scared. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, I mean, the goal of sleep is to decrease anxiety. I know. So. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Too little sleep. I'm too on edge. Right. Okay. <laughs> too little sleep. Too much coffee. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a bad combo. The perfect storm. <laughs> so, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, I am originally from New Zealand, and I came to Canada when I was. 22 I think can you remember 12 years ago ish um ended up meeting a hot Canadian who has a big Dutch family so here we are (laughs) I definitely thought you were gonna say (laughs) has a very big Dutch family who won't be going with this I'm not here for it but where's she going with this yeah so um yeah and now we have so his name's Zach we now live in the lower mainland with three of our girls that I birthed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Amazing. so we had three girls. They are five, three, and one. And um, we actually, before we got married, were foster parents. Oh, wow. We did Amazing. respite foster care. Yep. Good for you. Yeah, and he did not sleep. <laughs> and so when my first came along, we had finished our placement, but she didn't sleep either. I think she was like, now I look back and I'm like, wow, I a knew nothing and B she was chronically overtired Mm. and C everyone else was just telling me to use the, like just to put her in the crib and get her in an hour. And that just didn't resonate with me. Um, but I also was like, I can't do this until she's seven. Cause if he's seven and she's three weeks old, what am I going to do? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like all about why, like I tell my clients, I'm like, Tell, ask me why three times and before you do anything and then we'll do it. So um, at Little Winks, we have a really like connection focused approach. It's really unique. No one else has an approach like us because we've worked with behavioral specialists to make it connection focused. And it is science based to work with a baby's body chemistry because I don't like change. So I figure babies don't. So we want to make it as easy as possible. So yeah, we work with clients one-on-one and have online courses. And our mission is to take sleep deprivation out of parenting. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. You are doing the the work of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Like there's just like nothing else. Like when you get a parent, like a mom message after like sleeping 12 hours and being like, I don't look like a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> like this is amazing. I can't wait for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, does that, does that ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck yes. That's awesome. So where would you recommend somebody um, starting if they say find you on Instagram or they come across mm-hmm. your website? Um, I know that you have your classes broken down into different age groups. Mm-hmm. 
where so i i that may, leads me to bleed that believe that like it's never too late never too late i work with 12 year olds 12 year olds wow. oh yeah wow. as long as they haven't hit puberty i'll figure it out <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah no See, i find that so interesting because i feel like with babies and you you can't like i've said this before you can't really reason with them at this age you can't explain they don't understand yeah. but i would imagine a 12 year old understands like you just need to go back to sleep yeah <laughs> so yeah, but they don't understand what well rested feels like if they've okay, ever felt that way right. wow. and if you think about like the way you understand sleep is how you enter into that drowsy state like imagine like laying there and you've never felt that feeling of like that tingling that relaxing in your body you've never felt that without someone else doing it to induce that feeling right Interesting. like imagine feeling that a different feeling in your body and being like what the heck is this yes <laughs> like that's kind of scary yeah yeah right and yeah. so then they kind of go i don't know what's happening i don't know what's happening and they force themselves into a place where their body is just like you have to sleep i'm just pushing you to sleep yeah rather than being like oh yeah this means sleep's coming yeah let's go for it yeah and so even though we might think that an older child would just be like, yeah, I need sleep. They don't understand the feelings. They don't understand what being well-rested is like. And we want intrinsic motivation rather than extrinsic. So like that internal encouragement and motivation and tools and strategies rather than being like, you need to go to bed. Otherwise, there's no TV. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That doesn't help them with that long term. Like, hey, you know what? I concentrated better today because I slept well. Right. right. It's almost like that why again, right? Like yeah. they need to know why they need to sleep rather than mm -hmm. just being told they need to sleep uh -huh. just because their parents want to sleep. And toddlers are the same. Yeah. Like I think we don't give babies and toddlers and I and I do think babies are the same. They just don't communicate it. Like a baby knows when they're well rested. Yeah. They know when they're the best versions of themselves. And I think that they tell us pretty clearly when they don't feel like that because they're like, hey, I don't feel like myself. I mean, I gravitate towards like my blanket and my bed and mm -hmm. my comfort things when yeah. I'm not feeling good. Yeah. And they gravitate towards us because they're saying, hey, this is not working for me. I do not feel great. Yeah. 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 So then when would you suggest people start with it then? So if there's not really like a capped age for for starting, when would you suggest like the youngest would be? Um, so I have a newborn course, which is like really laying the foundations of sleep. I was working with a three week old this morning, just like working on wow. just kind of like the mom understanding some cues that was, were getting really mixed up mm -hmm. and kind of like, instead of putting the baby to sleep, they were just like feeding over and over again. And the baby's like, oh my goodness, I'm drinking from a fire hose and I just want to go to bed. Now is that <laughs> for sleep at, um, at night or sleep and naps as well? Both. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, honestly, it's really when the parent's ready because yeah. I don't think it's ethical to change things for a child unless you're willing to be consistent with it. Right. I agree with that. And so it's like, if you're going to co-sleep, great, co-sleep well. If you're going to feed to sleep, fine, feed to sleep well. So your baby is not confused. Your toddler is not confused. They know what is expected, but you also understand the sacrifices that come with that. Like, you know, for a ba for a parent who um, like really values crib sleep like I do, that means that, yeah, I'm going to have to like duck away 
when we're going somewhere and set up the crib and make sure that they feel comfortable in that sleep space and do a bedtime routine that's longer. Whereas someone who's nursing to sleep might just like nurse to sleep by the campfire. Right. Be like, whatever. However, they might need to do sacrifices in other places where they can't go out without their kids because their kid doesn't know how to sleep otherwise. Yeah. Right. So we all have to make our choices for our families and, but be consistent and be okay with making the sacrifices that come with that. Yeah. I like, I like that you're saying that too, whatever's working for your family. Cause so often you just see, just put your baby in the crib and cry it out. And that's the sleep training advice that is all over Facebook groups and Instagram and all of that. And they'll figure it out. And it's like, some kids just don't, and parents don't want to do that. And it's, tough to yeah to go through that yeah like you have a hormonal response when your baby cries Mm -hmm. that's for damn sure yeah (laughs) right it's yeah yeah no no milk has gone further (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) than a lactating mom with a crying baby that's true yeah especially when you hear those phantom cries in the shower oh yeah it's always in the shower it is absolutely that's funny uh so I was saying to you uh, a few minutes ago before we started that we're kind of the perfect people to talk to for this just because we're at opposite ends of the spectrum as far as sleep um, training, if you will. Our children has gone. So Sasha's done a great job. Gray has been sleeping through the night since she was like four (laughs) months old. Yeah. I know she did sleep through the night on her own um, for the first time, but you had also kind of started implementing naps and things. Yeah. And then um, she has continued ever since. Kind of loosely sleep training her for naps where I would. I think I joined like a Facebook group and it told you all about like the wake windows and things like that. And I'm like, okay, knowing no different because I've never had a newborn before. Um, so I would just put her to bed and then kind of sit and rub her back until she fell asleep or stopped stirring or whatever it was. And that was, I want to say just before she was four months old, she's probably about three months at that point because she was still in her bassinet. And then you do it like a minute less every day. So she cried for a little bit, but never, it was never like hours of her just crying in her crib. Yeah. So I think she's a naturally, I think I lucked out and she's a naturally kind of good sleeper but then after her four month sleep regression which was a nightmare oh that's awful it was the worst time of my life (laughs) of my (laughs) life I think like not even because you were you really value sleep yourself I do like I I'm a kind of person who I could just lay on the floor here and fall asleep and that's I love it my dream um (laughs) but yeah she I don't know if like sleep is genetic, but she must have picked something up for me. But yeah, like we locked out and then she slept through the night since then. And we can move her naps as we need to. She sleeps from 8.30, 8.45 until 8 o'clock the next morning. She has a three hour nap in the afternoon. Like, And yeah. she just stays in bed and doesn't make yeah. a sound until you go get her. Yeah. If she wakes up by and herself. To me, this is all mind blowing. Kind of- <laughs> 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 just yeah. like, no, that's actually a good question. Is... Is there anything like, I don't know if genetic is the right word, but um, like sleep habits of parents that naturally get passed down to their kids? Yeah. With like, if you're without intervening at all, just naturally. 25% of sleep is genetic. Okay. 50 to 75 is the behavioral um, parameters or communication tools or cues or what's being facilitated and taught. Interesting. So the majority is facilitated. Okay. 
However, like, you know, if we have like, say a dad who only, I've had one dad in the past who he only slept four hours a night. Mm -hmm. Of course, his baby was like, that's why we always say 10 to 12 hours is a full night's sleep because there's genetics at play. Mm -hmm. And some kids are going to have like, a shorter night just where they are because we need to keep the nap in right like you've got 8 45 like we're doing 11 hours and 20 uh 15 minutes mm-hmm. because otherwise that's going to be shaved off at the nap right so like it also depends on like the baby the needs and all that kind of thing but there is some genetics at play i don't think it's like the major factor though okay hmm. That's interesting. I didn't, when you just said yeah. that, I was like, yeah, because I, when I was pregnant, I always said like, I really hope this baby gets Tyler's sleep habits, my husband, because I've never been a good sleeper. Maybe yeah. when I was a kid, when a little, but, um, I'm just not a great sleeper. I'm a pretty light sleeper. Yeah. I just don't sleep a lot naturally because of my job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but it seems that if she got any of the genetics, they were mine. <laughs> but So we'll get into like my situation. Um, so when Brooklyn was a newborn, she just slept like a newborn, you know, like waking up whenever. Uh, and then she would sleep like six hour stretches, which I thought yeah, was pretty, pretty good, good when she was younger. Um, hit the four month regression. It was not that bad. It was nothing like hers. No. But like she's also comparing like when she goes into the four month regression from sleeping through the night to waking up multiple times. Yeah, a but night. it yeah. still wasn't as bad because Sasha could not even put Gray down. She would cry oh, and yeah. she would it scream was, if she like, wasn't holding I her. It was like the roughest time of my life. Like, oh. no, it was so she would go down at like her normal time. I don't know. It was probably like you nine gonna at cry that talking point. about it now. Honestly, <laughs> like, like PTSD. <laughs> so she would go down. She would sleep for maybe like a three hour stretch at yeah. first, and then wake up screaming. Mm-hmm. And then so I was breastfeeding her, and so I would pick her up, feed her. She would fall asleep feeding. I would go and put her back in her bassinet. And she would, the second her tiny little body hit the mattress, yeah. screaming at the mm-hmm. top of her lungs. Mm-hmm. So then I'd have to pick her up. And nothing I would do to try and calm her down would work. So I'd pick her up again, feed her again. And then she'd fall asleep on me and be like asleep out. on me. Yeah. Out the second I tried to put her down. And I did the whole like feet, bum, back, whatever yeah. you do. <laughs> I, like, my whole body was, like, like in her back. Just all over into the crib. <laughs> like, it was like you're it in the Matrix just, or whatever. Honestly, like you're, like, I'm lowering like, yourself down. Just, I would stay there for a minute and, like, make sure she wasn't moving and then slowly back away. Still nothing. She would just wake up screaming. Mm. And How so long did it last? Two weeks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Uh, and I don't want to not validate your no, experience because no, no. that's but, really, really rough. Yeah. But it sounds like she got through it in like pretty good time because most kids it's like four to six weeks. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's rough. I yeah, but it's probably the work you did before the four month regression that made yeah. it that much shorter. Yeah, she put the work in. Yeah, for so. sure. <laughs> so I would like be falling asleep with her in bed and like this is also just not safe. Like how do people? Yeah, I know. It's I. I mean, I remember it with my kids too, and it's just there's like something. I mean, there's a reason why we see increased percentages of postpartum anxiety with sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. like sleep deprivation just is so so incredibly tough yeah i remember almost can't get used to it 
<laughs> oh, can you really? <laughs> it is hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But it, you kind of get used to it, which I don't think is a healthy thing. Don't get me wrong. No. Like I think it's probably doing a lot of damage to yeah. my body and stuff. It's not just Brooklyn. It's my job as well. Oh, it's yeah. just the combo. Yeah. So I'm not. It's not. Well, I mean, yeah. Um. Well, and I wonder too. Like I, I wonder if you have this now, where when she was younger, for me, she would wake up the normal amount of times the baby would. It's not like she was. Yeah, like sleeping through the night at two weeks old, I would almost get like an anxiety before yeah. bedtime. So it would hit four or five o'clock and I would just be like, oh, gosh, it's bedtime soon. She's going to be up all night. I'm yeah. going to have to get up and feed her and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. So do you get like that when you're not now? Because not now. she yeah. she's much better sleeper than she was. So yeah. um she, like I said, she was sleeping like six hours at a time. Um, and then like, she'd do like one, six hour stretch and then it'd be like four hours maybe and whatever when she was little. And then she had the four month regression. And then I think like she was still okay. Maybe until like five months, six months. I don't know. But then it was pretty bad for quite a while. She was waking up three, four, five, six times a night. And I, with my, like just feeling overwhelmed by it. And then also being at work, like I went back to work two and a half months postpartum. Um, I understand. I went back at three weeks. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, and cause two and a half months was even a struggle for me. Um, but I work six days a week. I, uh, work pretty long hours. I'm up really early in the morning, like 1am, 2am to go to work. Right. So my, my amount of sleep that I was getting, was not a lot so I could not although I could see like further in like the the broad picture the the big picture that putting in the work for a couple weeks would then give me more sleep long term just being in that moment I'm like I cannot be up all night with this child like needing to like cry it out or whatever and like staying up with her all night and my husband would help too it's not just me um but it, that just felt like even more overwhelming. I was always like, I just need to get her back to sleep. We just need to get her back to sleep. She yeah. was never the type of kid where we had to pick her up and rock her for 45 minutes to get her back to sleep. She just wanted a bottle or something or just for us to like, yeah. for her to know we were there and she'd go back to sleep. So it wasn't like, there's the odd time it would take me a long time to get her back to sleep, but it was rare. Um, and then after she turned one, uh, like it was still pretty bad. And then I feel like, at about like maybe 13 months um it started to get a lot better and she started to be able to put herself back to sleep yeah. um but it's just gotten like much better the last like two and a half months i'd say she's only slept through the night one time in her life um and she did wake like she'd wake up but she'd put herself right back to yeah. sleep so if, for me that's okay like if we're not having well, to get up we and all inter- do that intervene exactly yeah. um and she was doing really well and then she got sick mm. so she had a fever for five nights so we were hide like giving her she woke up and we needed water so we give it to her because i didn't want her like she was where you know i didn't want her to be dehydrated anything like that so and i just felt bad that she was yeah. sick so I'd, we'd go tend to her and then after that she because she, we had weaned her off um drinking in the night so then and that's when she slept through the night she was sleeping a lot better and then she got sick so she got used to it even in those five days with like wanting to drink in the middle of the night again yeah. so that's where we are now she wakes up last couple of nights she's only woken up once 
So for us, that's actually really good. Like we're really happy. I feel like she's made progress kind of on her own. Um, But she still has the odd night where she'll maybe wake up three times and she'll just start crying. We go in, we either just like rub her back. She'll go back to sleep or we give her like, she'll drink a little bit of water. We just give her water. Yeah. Um, She'll drink a little bit of water and she'll go back to sleep. Um, But that's kind of where we're at. Like she's gotten so much better, but she's not where she should be at 17 months. And it's been like it's been a struggle, but I'm I'm very thankful for where she is now because yeah. I already feel like I'm getting more sleep. Well, well you are. Well, okay, I am, <laughs> which is great. And my husband and I take turns, but I still wake up every time she cries. She's in her uh, own room yeah. and everything, but yeah. we have the monitor. Or I hear her, and because it's just the mom thing, mm-hmm. um, so I'm still waking up like every time she like fusses or whatever. So that's where we're at. I haven't put the work in that we should have that I should have a long time ago to. Um, be in a better place now we've just but, kind of let her i listen to everybody when they're like she'll just start you just like you just started sleeping through the night with no problems she'll start sleeping everybody's like oh it's fine she'll sleep in her own time and i was just like okay because it would make me feel better um but yeah it sounds <laughs> like though like you were at a point of overwhelm and oh like, absolutely i've if just you, been yeah if overtired you, like, and if you're functioning out of like fight flight and freeze yes trying to have that like big picture you it's hard to to get there yeah and i think that's why so many people i'm like i just become your best friend for two weeks Let's yeah figure this out because they're like i just can't handle it <laughs> And it's like, understandable. Yeah, it, right? it does. It feels it's overwhelming. Like I, just, lag. I could not stand hearing her cry. No. And like, I, cause for me, I'm like, she just wants love. And that just breaks my heart. Like I just, I'm not strong enough but it's- with that mama heart to like listen her cry. We tried my, like my husband was very sympathetic to the fact that like, it kind of destroyed me so he's gone along with it but he has said for months and months and months since she was little like six months even smaller we need to do something about this we need to do something about this but he's just been going along with it for me also getting up for the night for me which i really appreciate (laughs) um and we have tried like at times like he's just been like you know we just have to like let her cry because she's just gonna need to tie herself out and go to sleep and i've sat there and it's been so hard and um and then it got to the point one time she was crying we didn't do it often but she got crying and then she got so worked up that she threw up and i was like we're not doing this like i can't no, no, no. that's not fair like i we just we're not like no way she just wants to be loved and then so then you give her love she calms down immediately like it's well like if you think about it and this is where i always try and be like baby centric yeah. like if we're in her shoes and experiencing that moment yeah and that can be educational to our choices that we make and how we support her right yeah because when we look at it from her perspective, she's like, I don't know how to get back to sleep. Right. I don't know how to navigate light sleep. And what happens at the four month regression is that they're getting light sleep. Those extra two levels of sleep appear. And so it's a shift in the structure of sleep. And so when it was so easy and then suddenly they're like, Oh my goodness, I can't get to sleep. And it's taking five to 20 minutes. Like think of it like your coffee pot in your house or what have you and you're like usually you just press a button it's there yeah but then it's like wait 20 minutes and then you get your coffee i would be so frustrated oh yeah so frustrated and so it's like very very reasonable that there's like the wanting to be loved wanting having that separation anxiety yeah because she's like i don't know how to do this yeah like don't leave me out in the cold (laughs) yeah right and so she's like 
yeah, you know how to do this. Like, come over here. Right. And so it's a, it's more about like, um, we use a, a concept called the stoplight approach by Sherilyn Orr. And one of her phrases is, um, calm, connect and coach. So you're like calming to make sure that your child is always in that, that best space for learning. Mm-hmm. So they're not in that fight, flight or freeze, even though we might be, <laughs> And then we're able to connect with them so that they feel safe and secure, get that separation anxiety, and then we can coach them through the new skill. Mm, right. But if a child is, and this is why cried out doesn't work and why children who generally do cried out, and this is a generalization, there's no study, this is just what I've noticed, is the toddlers that come to me who did cry it out when they were infants, like we're talking, their parents just like left them in the room, I'll come back to you in the morning. Oh, I don't know how anybody does that. They... No they generally have anxiety around sleep as a toddler mm. because they haven't actually learned. They've just experienced. Yeah. And they have a perspective on this situation. And so then we have to coach them through these new skills. Right. So like when you were with her as a newborn sitting there and like rubbing her back or being with them in it, like you're the everything. Yeah. And like, like your mom I'm like, and is, I want to be her everything. You don't know, yeah, like I struggle with that like, too. Yeah, you want to be her everything, but part of parenting is like raising resilient humans. Yes, agreed, hundred percent. And that means I can't not make change happen. Change has to happen, but I can totally coach you through it. I yeah. can make sure that you're calm as you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. I can connect with you, and I can coach you through the situation, so we can meet these core needs, so you can face challenges. So that when they're older, they're like, mom and dad are always big enough for my big feelings. Yeah. Like, you know, I wake up with a bad, one of my kids the other night, some big change happened at daycare. She's my three-year-old and uh, like some big dreams because we didn't like, well, obviously we didn't process enough before bedtime. (laughs) I didn't know that, but yeah, you know, and something had changed at at daycare and so she's like waking up and it's like in that situation yeah come into her bed yeah (laughs) yeah right she just she needed that nearness yeah however the next night it's like okay honey you're back in your bed like come call us if you need us we're always coming like we've got to like address that core issue and when they don't know how to sleep when they're waking up it's like i don't know what's happening yeah yeah (laughs) like I don't know what's happening. Where have you gone? Yeah. And that's really the question. Not, do you love me? Am I going to die? Or, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now I will, I will say with, with Brooklyn, I notice she has a lot of energy in general. Yeah. We try, I don't think she's like hyperactive, like, mm-hmm. but she has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes by naturally from her dad, for sure. So it's a, <laughs> not uh, you, not me, <laughs> not me, Thanks a lot, the good Tyler. sleeper, not me. Um, so when we, we try to get her like very, make her very active, we get, try and get her out like in the morning to like run around in the evening before bed. Uh, and when she is very active in the day, she sleeps way better. Oh, like yeah. she, that, those are the nights where she only wakes up once. And even if she wakes up, she might, you know, like it's really quick. Uh, so how is that correlated with also sleep, tra- like train? Do you call it training for you? Like, no, what I don't do you really call guidance, it sleep. Guidance, sleep, guidance. I, I just call it sleep. <laughs> sleep. Okay. How does sleep. that I don't know. correlate with no, this? No, I just like, we call it sleep coaching sleep. more. Sleep like, coaching. There you go. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. yeah. So, um how how does that like so is she sleeping so much better when she's getting energy out does that mean like on the days that 
she's not getting as much energy out it could just be like too much energy why she's not sleeping or is that just it doesn't make sense we've just like tired her out so much that no sleep to like when we're overtired you'll end up with more night wakings yeah okay so like if you're traveling or there's a lot of new stimulation so say they start at daycare Mm -hmm. or maybe your baby is you know there's we're getting passed around like family events Mm. as little ones yeah um we're going to end up with more night wakings. Okay. <clears throat> There's like three big components and we work with these in our courses that you have to address and they kind of have to work in synergy together to really hit the nail on the head. And I think that's where like for you doing things at four months versus doing things at 17 months. Yeah. Like sleep pressure and the body clock is one of those big pieces. Okay. Uh, two of those so we have sleep pressure sleep and the body clock um and then the behavioral understanding so the body clock is like going okay we have that rhythm of like this is when we go to bed and this is when your body clock is and then sleep pressure is the build up in the brain of like needing to sleep mm-hmm. as that sleep pressure reduces the dependence on the sleep skill increases across the night mm. Right. Because right. there's not the motivation to go back to sleep. Right. It makes sense. And so all of, um, Sasha, all of your investigation into Facebook wake windows. <laughs> it's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. All those ladies, man. I've been part like, of the group too, but it didn't, it didn't resonate. You know what? You me. know what? I started a group and then a whole bunch of people joined and I was like, you guys are wild. I'm shutting <laughs> yeah. this body down. Yeah, it's true. They are wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where it makes sleep easier. Okay. Because when you can stack the body clock and the sleep pressure behind a baby to then kind of help guide them into the skill, it's a whole lot easier. So that's why she's sleeping better on those nights. Mm. And this is also where it's like each child is different. So we have two different babies here. Yeah. One is having like 14 to 15 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. How much is Brooklyn sleeping? Uh, she'll sleep 12 hours a night, basically yeah. like 11 and a half to 12 hours a night. Or probably like a two hour nap. Um, one and a half to two hours. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the day. Yeah. So we've got we like. We aim an- for two hours. We don't let her sleep more than two hours because she sleeps more than two hours. She won't. She'll wake up at night. She, yeah. 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 Right. Very, yeah. very normal. Yeah. Totally okay. But this is where genetics comes in. Mm. Right. Right. Same age. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. Yeah. And we have like an hour and a half to two hours difference in sleep need. Yeah. And that's okay. It's just then like building that sleep pressure adequately and not having the same expectations on both children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, tiring her out does help, especially for toddlers, which I consider a toddler now. Yeah. But um, if you push it too hard, it can backfire on you. <laughs> okay. That's that's good to know. Um, and, and one other thing, and then we have more questions for you, but this can relate some people i'm sure can relate to this too um we cannot just put her in her bed and walk away and have her sleep um but this is something that i personally don't want to give up because it's time with her so i i usually put her to to sleep because i'm usually gone in the mornings so Mm -hmm. tyler will like be with her in the morning she wakes up and i love that time but i don't really get it because i'm usually at work so i like to lay with her when, when we go to sleep yeah um and i'll just lay in her bed because she's in an actual bed um yeah. 
So we'll lay with her in her bed and and she'll fall asleep. But with me there or with Tyler there, if she's putting her sleep, we can rock her to sleep too. And she'll go to sleep pretty quickly. But we just choose to lay there with her and let her fall asleep on her own. But yeah, we're just right there. A lot less block. Yeah, it's true. Especially now. <laughs> she, she's heavy. She's like the size of a two-year-old. She's heavy. Yeah. Um, so I personally... I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to give that up because that's Great. time with me when I've been working all day and I come home and I spend a little bit of time with her, but then that's like the last thing before I go to bed too, which is, so it's really nice for me. Uh, but is, is that like causing even a bigger issue? Um, and am I just being selfish by <laughs> wanting that little bit of extra time? Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. Is it totally okay? Absolutely. Can it be sustainable? Totally. Is it setting her up for her night wakings? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she's waking and nobody's there with her, so that's yeah, why she's, she's like, she's like, my bed, my recipe for going to sleep yeah. is mom plus bed equals sleep. Right. I wake up. No. Yeah. This isn't happening. I hey, figured that was mom, come back. part of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, get back here. What I would do if I was you is I'd get an okay to wait clock, so you're not the keeper of sleep. So she can like has control of a sleep. She can look at the clock and be like, hey, the light's on. It's still or like the light's off. It's not on yet. It's still nighttime. Will she understand that now, though, at 17 months, like just turned 17 months? Yeah. No, they start to get it. I mean, it's it's a bit of perseverance at this age, but like yeah. start now. man. OK, because I know before you hit that 24 months, <laughs> we, I, we, the clock is ticking. <laughs> yeah. Years ago before we had kids, we were we were staying in Portugal with this family. They had family visiting anyway. So they're down. We're all downstairs. But the one kid was napping and she was, I think, two. And um, you just hear her all of a sudden on the monitor. She's like and she just english accent she's like mommy the sun's awake mommy the sun's awake and we're like that is the cutest thing and she's like yeah she'll stay in bed until the sun's awake on her yeah. clock and i was like that is a great idea i need to get one of those when i have kids but i thought it was too soon no i mean like you and like she understands like hey the remote is not for touching yeah Right? She'll touch it anyway. But yes. She'll touch it anyway. But then like <laughs> they are they're smart little they, they are. understand. Yeah. And there's some repetition to it. Yeah. But starting it now means that then it's just like the gospel truth. Okay. Right? You're not the keeper of sleep. Yeah. Um, and so that when you are ready to move away from laying with her, yeah. Or where it's just like not practically feasible to lay with her, yeah. Then Maybe when she is, you know, like four and it's like an eight o'clock bedtime and you're like, I, I go to bed at seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you're like, OK, well, this is your stability and sleep or you have to go to grandparents like here's your clock. That kind of okay, thing. OK, yeah. A constant. It's the constant. And it's like the crib rails aren't the thing keeping her a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's like wherever you're traveling, it's an easy communicator. We use a sound machine and a sleep sack for a baby. Whereas we would like use like sound and light for a toddler. Um, but yeah. And then like, there's no reason why you can't have that time with her in bed, reading books, chatting for like 20 minutes, half an hour before she goes to and sleep. And we do do that. We, we yeah, read books Yeah. And then before. you can just be like, okay, mommy's going to lay here for two minutes and then I'm going to go out and grab a, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And then come back. Um, but there's no reason why you can't have that special time together. Yeah. And then when it's like, okay, you're ready to go to sleep. Okay, I'm going to come back and check on you. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Because it's like, you're still getting that connection time. She, I think there's something so beautiful and so important for toddlers to know when their time is each day with each parent. 
Like I have this big feeling, this big thing has happened during the day. And generally they'll store it up until they know that they have that particular time for that parent they need it with. Mm -hmm. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so it's great that you have this like predictable time where she's like, this is my mom time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep that. Yeah. Till she's 25. All right. I'm going (laughs) to... Gonna hop on Amazon right after this is over and get one of those clocks ASAP. Yeah, no, it's a good get thing. one that you can change on your phone. Okay, yeah, smart. Because then if you're like, dang, I just missed have... Black Friday too. Huh? Ah, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but no, that that's great advice. Thank you. I I I like the idea of introducing something that can be constant and um, something familiar for yeah. If she is going somewhere else or um, just to to get familiar with now so when even if she doesn't quite understand it so when she does understand it you know she's used to it so yeah like or that. even like when you go in at night to like rub her back or whatever you're like hey is are your i have girls we have birdies in pink yeah that's what our light does in the morning and you can say you know are your birdies on oh no it must be nighttime okay i'll tuck you back in mm. right yeah. like referring to it going back to it then she has a sense of control yeah because that two-year-old regression is all about a sense of control, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Good <laughs> yeah. to know. Good to know. I know. I just, um, I saw that there was like an 18-month regression the other day somewhere, and I'm like, no, not again. <laughs> nah, the 18-month one's nothing. Okay, perfect. No, it's fine. I find the 18-month one is not, it's, it's okay. It's the two-year one yeah. that is like, you can, in, some kids will do a nap strike. Mm-hmm. Um, and parents think that they've like kind of just completely dropped the nap and they haven't. Yeah. Um, the only sleep regression that's truly related to sleep is the four month regression. So like all of the other ones are more to do like developmentally. And so like that 24 month one, we're talking more about like choices and power and like, right. And so it's like, cool. If that is a need you're exploring, let's explore that during the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you some real good options during the day. Yeah. Let's like process what safety means. Let's like, let's flesh that out when it's awake time. Yeah. Not guess, at night when you're deciding that you don't want to do this. Oh yeah. Gosh. I guess then too, if you've set the foundations early on for sleep and then they hit those regressions, it's easier just to kind of get them back on track and they can come in because you have so many different kind of yeah. sets of plans they can kind of refer to the appropriate yeah like group of those two yeah like it's way easier to get back on track after a regression or like sickness is a big one especially ear infections they call me the mm-hmm. ear whisperer in uh with my work because i'm pretty good at calling an ear infection yeah like, got my skills on point <laughs> <laughs> so when you go in to work with the family yeah um you're actually present like so people can either buy your packages online and like step by step right yeah or they can have you actually come and be present but you don't do that for everybody correct no no um so we have like our self-guided courses that's generally for the people who are like i just need a plan let me go for it that's you right Mm -hmm. four months yeah um and then we have coaching which is like usually virtual. Most parents are like, I just need a cheerleader and someone to kick my backside in the morning if I didn't stay consistent. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah. like I, we find it's a lot of like professional families because they don't have time to sift through, like to go through the information and they want to be like, okay, this is what's happening. Okay, this is what change we need to make today. Great. So we check in with them every day. And then some people choose to have me in their home, which I love. 
I love in homes. So how does that work exactly? Uh, like I come to the house before bedtime, play with the baby or a toddler or whoever it is. And then I like coach the parents through how to support their child. Progress is always quicker if I'm in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like that show The Nanny. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, like that. Yeah, you yeah. just show yeah. up and you're just there. You're not doing it, but you're there watching, no. observing, and then you say, well, you did this, but maybe next time try this yeah. or try this. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll like have the parent just, I'll like be talking to the parent as they're doing it and I'll be outside of the baby's like eyesight. Um, but you know, it's just like really cool to be able to equip parents to like enhance their connection with the baby or the toddler. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I don't have the trust with the baby. Like I'm not their safe person. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't calm them down. They're like, who's this stranger? I mean, I can usually cause I'm pretty good at, with babies, but like they are the parents who have to carry it on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're the ones that have to because if I was to teach a baby to sleep sure it would be better handing the baby back the parents are the ones that have to stay consistent right like I've had friends who are like hey can you look after my kid for three nights and I'm like done you go the sleeping 12 hours now oh man and then like, like, you like, joke about that all the time you're like I know I'll just send Brooklyn over for yeah a we, we always talk about swapping <laughs> yeah. swapping kids for a few nights and I'm like you'd last one night and you bring it like give me my kid back <laughs> Yeah, no, no. She's yeah. much better now, but back before, yeah, oh yeah, yeah no, yeah. You'd, you'd be like, you are out of your mind. Like, you need it's much more though, help. It's hard though when you have an inconsistent schedule. Too. Yes. That's the thing so, too. I, yeah, I do. I I wake up kind of different times every day, and then yeah. Tyler's working. Like, it's yeah, it's a lot. But I mean, these are just at the end of the day excuses, but they are excuses that I have used that because it just it did. It felt all too overwhelming. Yeah. to like take something else on you know and like yeah. and this like staying consistent when i didn't feel like i had the willpower to do so yeah um so yeah and it's kind of where sometimes we're at. you need someone to like sort through all those logistics you know yeah like having somebody mom- there like just telling me like this is what you need to do and like uh, you know that's not my husband because that's different Oh yeah, you know, and that just causes fights. And and my yeah. husband won't listen to my sleep yeah. advice. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to send him to one of my coaches. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's like, you know, that's amazing. He's like, what should I do? And he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And I was like, why did you ask me then? Yeah, yeah. it's always if they hear it from somebody else, yeah. then it's well, totally that's the fine. thing. Right? Like, go that's call Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Has there ever been a baby that you couldn't coach through? Then, like one, like. Super uh, stubborn kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> there are ones where the parents haven't stayed consistent. Right. But yeah. usually I'm pretty honest with the parents. I had that conversation with a parent this morning. You know, like, hey, like, if we're taking that baby-centric approach versus parent-centric, that's not fair on the baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am an advocate for the baby, not for you. Right. Yeah. Because the baby can't speak. So... You get me instead. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, the ones that I haven't been able to figure out later, it's like we've sent them to like refer them to a doctor or something like that. And mm. it's been like they needed their adenoids out and there was sleep apnea or uh, medical medical issue. yeah. issues or like allergy related. Right. And often we find allergies as we're going through it. This was because- an interesting thing, actually. Sorry not to interrupt you, but um, with... 
Brooklyn used to have a lot more dairy and I cut down her dairy yeah. like basically to non-existent. She'll have a little bit of like whatever cheese here and there or something like that. But that's when she started sleeping a lot better too. Yeah. Because like their indigestion is like so sore. Yes. Mm. And so some babies respond by eating less and some babies respond by eating more. Yeah. Right. And so we can often then like see because we're dealing with sleep so much, we can see like what is a pain cry or a pain waking versus like this is a like developmental behavioral piece. So, um, yeah, usually it's like adenoids, ears, nose, throat or allergies. Right. Getting pretty good at finding them. (laughs) Well, it's not even then like you couldn't coach them to sleep like like, there's a reason and you found that reason so you've always come up with a solution then yeah some sense and usually there's a really vast sleep improvement it's just not i like things to be tied up with a bow right right (laughs) so here's your 12 hours with a great yeah (laughs) thank you see you later and then you're everybody's favorite person (laughs) yeah Um, what are the ideal sleep conditions for a kid and like their room, white noise, that kind of thing, as well as when is the best time to transition your kid does to a bigger bed? Is that like a child by child kind of, um, thing that varies for everybody or is there a certain age where you recommend it? Yeah. Um, black out room for sure. Noise machine. Like, like I was talking about, I usually recommend like 16, 18 months doing the um, okay to wait clock and then um like light does play a big part in it because our bodies are like aware of when light comes into the room even if we're not cognizant of it yeah Mm. so that's really important um as for moving from a crib into a big bed uh it is more of a kid kid by kid case Mm -hmm. first of all are they climbing out of the crib or are they falling out of the crib right (laughs) yeah safety always number one Um, And then the second thing is like understanding consecutive consequences. So like, do they understand when they get out of the bed, when they change the environment, are they safe? Like, are they going to be like, can we actually trust them? Like, Hey, mom and dad are not awake. I shouldn't go downstairs. You know, my second is a very brave child. And like, you know, I found her with the lights on and she's trying to cut her own fingernails. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. You know, like. That would be great. 100%. She knows no consequence. She is yeah. her father's just... child. Just wild. Yeah. So it's like for her, it's like, you know, yeah, we shut the baby gate at the top of the stairs when we go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah. Because even though she understands for the most part, she's also like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. So she stayed in a crib a good long while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know we lucked out with Grace. She's still, I don't think she's at the lowest level. She's never once tried to climb out or anything because she'll just kind of lay there. So we transitioned Brooklyn out of her crib, I think at like nine or 10 months Mm -hmm. um, because not, well, she was standing uh, and she's quite tall. But it wasn't that issue yet. I knew we would get there pretty soon. Um, but for her, when she was sleeping, she moves around a lot in her sleep. I don't know if that's another thing. That's, is, that's is that normal. Just normal. So she moved. But what she would do is we'd start her at the bottom of her crib because she'd inch her way up. And then every hour she would be hitting her head on the top like of the crib because she inched her way up in sleep and it would wake her up. 
And then we'd have to go in, pull her back down to the bottom. Same thing. And it would take her about an hour. And she was doing it every night, every night for so long. So we're like, this just isn't going to work. Like Tyler was like, no, we're done with this crib. There's no way. because <laughs> she, And then also she'd like to like throw herself around the crib when she was awake, when we like put her in it. And then she'd like hit her head on the, anyway. So, but it mostly she was just waking herself up all the time, just banging herself into the crib, into the wooden crib. So we switched her to a proper bed, like a twin size bed. And we just have like a safety thing around. It's fine. And, um, and she's fine. Never had any of that issue. Like, cause it's all, it's all safe and she can just, she has so much room to roll around. And, and she's knowing it since before she can remember. Yeah. So yeah. it just, it worked for us, but I don't know if there's like, if that's detrimental or if it's good or just depends on well, the kid. It's working for your family. Right. And you guys feel yeah, for comfortable us the yeah. like safety of it. Yeah. Um, the, I, I love cribs because I think that they're just great kids yeah. because kids like to know that safety and that boundary because you've essentially made a giant crib. Yeah. Yeah, that is what we made. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> By the sounds of it. Yeah, we did. It's a giant <laughs> crib. It's yeah. just big. Yeah, it's just big. Yeah. Babies generally, like when they hit their heads on the side of the crib, they learn after a couple of nights that that's what it is. She Generally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Gray is like... I'll she was like an inchworm, p- like yeah. every night. I always put her in the middle and she'll just kind of wiggle herself. She'll always just be in one corner or another corner and she'll... The other and then day, she stays there, right? She does, yeah. yeah but she'll just, she just... She was sleeping the other day with one arm out. I'm like, how are you comfortable? Just her head up against the rails. Yeah. But they they, they will know if they're not safe or they don't feel comfortable against it. But, like, children and babies find the most comfy, coziest spot. And it yeah. might not be what we consider comfy and cozy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, that's why they love to play like under, under dining room tables is cause it's like a small space, yeah, right. Yeah. And they feel cozy there and, and they feel safe. Yeah. And so like parents are like, yeah, but they're up against the crib rail and it's, and it's a concept called grounding. And what it is, is like when they are like trying to find that spot to be able to have that gravitational placing, mm. you know, yeah. like I am, it makes them feel safe. Right. right developmentally it's very normal and also at 10 to 11 months they usually shift things from short-term memory to long-term memory and that's when they're starting to crawl and walk and mm-hmm. so they move around the crib a ton yeah 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 i had a baby last night 11 months and just was up for an hour last night not crying not upset just going around around the crib <laughs> just practicing her new skills that's, that's, that's trying them on that's my oh kid for sure that's funny yeah. now where what about blankets pillows sleep sacks and ages yeah so sleep um swaddles for babies need to be gone by 12 weeks they're not recommended anymore but they can be helpful so it's a case-by-case basis they're, they're not, not recommended, recommended at no. all Really? When did they that change? Because our girls were that this old. Just last year. Oh, yeah. The AAP rec- changed the recommendation. Even I in think... the hospital, they won't swaddle your baby. Mm-hmm. No, they won't. No, because wow. I mean, so we only had that's wild. We had the, the her like blanket swaddle in the hospital. I think for the first night that we were, maybe both nights that we were there because I had a C section, or we both did. Um, but then when we got home, it was like when I had one of those like zip zip up kind of sleep sack velcro them in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of swaddles yeah i think there's some parts to changing that recommendation where a lot of babies were getting transitioned out of swaddles too late and so then Mm. 
when they roll and they're restrained, mm. it's a safety hazard. Right. And because rolling generally happens overnight, yeah. right? Like it's usually around 12 to 16 weeks and it's like one day they're not rolling, the next day they are. Yeah. <laughs> and so then babies get stuck um, and that's a safety hazard for like then rebreathing and everything like that yeah. because they can't move their face. Um, also, it can kind of slow down the progression of something called the Mora reflex, which is like kind of like the startle reflex, but not. <laughs> but it's a sensation of them falling. And, you yeah. know, every time they fit, you know, you're talking about feet bum back. Yeah. That's why we do feet bum back so that that Mora reflex is not um, as active. However, they have. Can you to just get explain used... what feet bum back is? Oh, sorry. When you're putting For anybody who doesn't no, no, know. you're putting yeah. your baby into the crib when they're going in. You're putting them in feet down, touching the crib yes. first, then bum, then their then... back and head. Yeah. Because if you put them down horizontally, they will wake up because they feel like they're falling. Right. Right. And so with the with the swaddle, it kind of stops the the startle reflex and the more reflex. Yeah. The startle reflex is because of the absence of partial paralysis during sleep that comes in at 12 weeks. And so then when that comes in at 12 weeks, they're like, well, I have no idea how to handle this more reflex. And now I don't have my swaddle. So I'm going to wake up more. Mm -hmm. And then the parents like, put the swaddle back on. (laughs) Right. And then we have a four month regression with a swaddle, which is tough. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. Like hmm. a six month old trying to take a swaddle off, Oof, it's, it's, it's a doozy. So what yeah. do they what do they do at the hospital now? Um, they give you a blanket, <laughs> to a towel. But I like when they when the baby's first born, they they don't even swaddle. Oh, them they then? wrap them up. They do. Like, okay, they wrap them up, but they don't teach. They used to teach swaddling in yeah. hospitals. Yeah. I'm sure in some hospitals they probably still do. Okay, but that's no. very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they don't swaddle anymore, but I mean, they're still for sale. You can still buy them. Yeah. Um, but sleep sacks are great. It also, if you can, if you swaddle too to height around the hips, it can, um, cause developmental issues with the mm. hips as well. Yeah. So there's lots of different reasons. Interesting. Um, but yeah. And then sleep sacks, um, as long as they want them. Yeah. <laughs> I always put a sleep sack on a baby also who wants to climb out of the crib. Um, <laughs> that makes it a little more challenging yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it takes them a little bit longer so you <laughs> exactly you can yeah. kind of get to it <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then you can have a, a lovey and a blanket at 12 months and a pillow at two years um and those are really the major ones and so pre-12 months is the really important one because they don't know how to navigate all of that and if they're not breathing clearly then um, they can they can just like not breathe fresh air and that's causes a hazard to them. But there was a study that was just released. Um, they don't exactly know why. The assumption is that SIDS is reduced when having a fan on and a baby's I was just about room. to ask you that when you said that about the yeah. fresh air because I, I read that and I didn't know. This was like, I read it only like five months ago or something. Yeah. yeah I didn't so did know I. that. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. There's not like a substantial like cause behind it. Yeah. Um, there's an assumption that we do see, well, we know that we see a reduce in, reduction in SIDS when there's a fan in the room, co-sleeping or not. Right. Safe sleeping or not. Um. And so the thought is, is because when there is like something going on near the baby's mouth, 
the air is more carbon dioxide than it has oxygen. And so by having a fan, it moves that airflow around more. Um, Not that it should be a tool for unsafe sleep, (laughs) but it is something that is helpful, um, you know, for that kind of suffocation risk. Yeah. Yeah. And then like crib bump is like never. Yeah. It's so interesting, all of the changes with that, because Sheldon has um, an older daughter. She is 24. And when we were looking for cribs for Gray, he was saying something about one of the ones that goes up and down, like the sides go up oh, and yeah. down. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Like the guillotine cribs are not a thing anymore. <laughs> like, and he's like, what the heck? But it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Like crib bumpers, everyone had them. I, I mean, my ba- my oldest is five and they were recommended by, like then. Yeah. I had them for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's the strangulation yeah. risk, not right. the mesh or the breathability of them. They get caught in them because like we've just talked about, they like being near the edge of the crib. Yeah. They like having that feeling right. of of nearness. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. All of the, all of the stuff that is out there now with SIDS and safe sleep and- Well, just changes the... so quickly too, right? Yeah. And like we were all, like when we were babies- we slept on our stomachs immediately, right? Oh, and yeah. now it's only back is best. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. things things change. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they'll continue things that we did for the girls. I'm sure in a couple of years, they'll be like, well, swaddling we'll swaddle. one of those. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, already you know? there. Yeah, already there. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, like, with swaddling, I just always, like, tell parents, I'm like, let's get all of the startles out during the nap during the day. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, it's, like, call it a win if they kind of startle themselves awake in a nap. Yeah. Because it's one less startle at night. Right. (laughs) So what would you say then would be kind of your top three tips for for parents in sleep? Other than like, obviously, take the courses. (laughs) Yeah, that's number one. (laughs) Number one, take the courses. Yeah. I think like, first of all, like, let's always take like a baby centric approach. Like if you're not sure if your baby wants help to clarify sleep. Mm hmm. When they're crying to you, talk it out what you think they could be saying when they were, if they could talk. Mm. Mom, I'm really frustrated that I want to sleep and I don't know how to do it. And this is really frustrating because I keep having to call you and you're frustrated and I can't go to sleep because you're angry at me. Or like, what is what is that dialogue between the two of you? Because if it's not working for one of the three of you, then something needs to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is like, if you have a partner, get them involved. It's really easy as a mom to be like, I solve all problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you do like, you have nine months of trust built up in the bank. They know your sound, your smell, your heartbeat, everything. Yeah. They have to build trust with the other parent. Right. And I think this is something that I'm just, I'm just really passionate about it because dad's or other parents can be so good at sleep given the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it doesn't need to be done your way because they will have a different way with different parents. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but no, I'm just kidding. Well, like, Tyler, earmuffs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. No, Tyler has always said, he's like, we're doing her a disservice. And I was like, I know, but like, I just, I, yeah, anyway. 
yeah caught up in my own feelings for sure and, and i mean so i i hot. do agree. i agree with you i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah no but it's like they in the newborn days especially like they have to build trust with the other parent yeah and if you want to have a break if you want them to have a healthy relationship with the other parent around sleep you have to give them space to do it mm-hmm. because the only way they learn is to go through things together and the third thing is please honor their awake times an overtired baby does no one any good yeah <laughs> overtired toddlers like there's just not the best version of yourself oh no, and people feel so guilty about making plans around or people make parents feel so guilty about like oh just have them skip their nap or have them go to bed later or whatever it is and it's like well do you want to go to bed an hour later than you normally do no yeah. so your family can get over it yeah and just respect their time yeah i mean and it's like and it's different if we're talking about like okay there's a wedding we're gonna keep them up this one time yeah yeah totally like go for it however if your kid is chronically overtired or we're like going every day like oh it's fine it's all short naps no all short naps is not actually normal it's not okay Mm mm-hmm let's like actually deal with it and anyway there's a free awake times chat on my website there's a bunch of free resources um yeah but overtiredness they can't learn anything when they're overtired neither can i and what are the signs of being overtired (laughs) they're usually like hyperactive so like super happy and then super cranky Mm -hmm. kind of like manic like here there and everywhere for a baby you'll often see that they're really stiff in their body and they're like a lot of parents will take that for gas mm. um but their body is just like i'm just so wired i need sleep because <laughs> there's cortisol in the body with sleep and adrenaline right so just like imagine a baby who has road rage yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty good description yeah, that's it is. A, yeah. That's a, yeah funny thing to imagine too yeah. actually well, I, as an adult, like when you're overtired, you know, when you're overtired and then you just can't sleep because you're so tired. Yeah. Like we experience that too. So that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and you can't sustain sleep. Right. So it's like more night wakings, early mornings, more short naps. And so it's like, even if you choose not to sleep train, whatever you want to call it, modif- like teach sleep, whatever, if you can at least honor their physiological need for sleep. Right. Like, you are doing a massive thing for them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a huge part of their lives, right? It's like, you eat and you sleep. Uh-huh. and You want to set them up for success. Yeah. 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 Like, there is a huge amount of development that happens before two years old and sleep that can't be replaced. Right. Mm. And so it's like, you know, I, I've just had so many babies who are developmentally behind. We get them sleeping. They're ahead. You know, like, all these kind of things. Yeah. And it's like, if we can just honor that, regardless of your choices of how you sleep, but you need to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's my stand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Soapbox. <laughs> no, I think that's great. And so like we were just talking about um, last week that I wanted to ask you was, do you have any tips regarding jet lag? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for what age group? <laughs> oh, okay. How like, like uh, 35. You need, to, you need to get paid for what you're doing, so I don't want you to give all your tips away. But just like, uh, I don't know, just maybe one or two broad tips. Yeah, I have a full travel guide. It's like 14 oh. bucks. And oh, it's amazing. Like a 25 page. There you go. You know what? PDF. She's not going to answer the question. Yeah. We're not going to make her just go buy her uh, travel guide. She deserves it. Kinda it kind of gives you like how many, 
how many hours to move the body clock for how many days you're going in oh. which direction oh. of the world turning. That's great. And for all different ages. For all different ages. That's worth 14 bucks. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> I know. Like if you've ever doubled with jet like that's worth 14 yeah. more than 14. We you should charge more. That's too cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just like... My goal is like to make it that like families actually take it so that then sleep isn't a shambles when they get back. Right. Yeah. Because I don't. The reason why I want my kids to sleep. I mean, I mean, my kids by the kids I coach and like they're in the courses is like I want them to experience the world. But if you're overtired, you don't experience the world. You experience feeling frantic in a new place. Mm. And that's not experiencing life to the fullest. Um. And so, yeah, I usually, it depends which way you're going on the globe, but it usually starts with like solidifying morning time or bedtime, mm, depending okay. on which way you're going. So mm. I'm taking my 12 month old to New Zealand sometime in the next eight weeks. Not oh. sure exactly when. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, my dad's exciting. having a triple bypass, so I have to oh. like, okay, not yeah, exciting. not so yeah. exciting. Well, we hope everything goes well. Yeah. yeah. It'll, be a good, it'll be good to see the family and to be home, but, but like New Zealand is behind us. And so my first thing will be like modifying her bedtime because they're behind us. Whereas when I come back, I'll be modifying her morning time first because we're going forward. Right. Right. So is that kind of similar then to a time change, just like a fallback or a spring forward? Yeah. Except more brutal. Right. (laughs) Because it's not one hour forever. (laughs) Yeah. They usually do better like than than um than daylight savings because mm-hmm. like the whole everything's shifted like they're kind of just a bit of a mess yeah and so it's like easier to reset rather than the like why are you moving me yeah. right yeah and do you recommend um when booking flights that you try and do line up flights with bedtime and after like overnight flights Is oh yeah that overnight idea? flights where it's at yeah oh yeah yeah let's like because especially if they're feeling like confident in their sleep just then they can sleep all the flight long. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sucks the next day for the adult, but. But it always does anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, regardless. Like, it's hard well, to sleep on a plane. So, well, like, for me, I don't know about you guys, yeah, but no. like, I, it's so nearly impossible. Oh, yeah. That's how I think like babies must feel when they're sleeping in a stroller sometimes when they're overtired is how we feel when we sleep in an airplane oh, seat. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because they're like sitting or in a car seat, like they're sitting up, they're overtired, they're trying to stay awake, they feel half drunk. Yeah. It's like everything yeah. is bouncing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like white noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> just like, what is going on? I always have said that about babies too, and I wonder how true it is that, could you imagine just falling asleep for the night in your bed and then you wake up an hour later and you're somewhere else yeah and then you fall asleep again and you wake up somewhere else with somebody else's face in your face <laughs> yeah. like how messed up would that be but you like be- you think back to your four-month regression that's right. how she felt when she was like i fell asleep in mom's arms yeah oh whoa yeah. <laughs> i woke up i'm not in bed anymore because she considered your arms bed right right yeah it is um tough on them for sure I think the pro about flying overnight is that you have a whole next day to like nap well and have mm-hmm. solid awake time. Yeah. So then your next day, next night is like set up for as best possible success. Right. Yeah. And I guess just kind of mimicking as much as you can with the sleep environment. and Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty adventurous with this kind of thing. So like we camp on the beach in Hawaii. And so we'll just like 
take them we'll have the sound machine but it's light out but we yeah. usually just like if we're going for less than a week we'll keep them on the old time right and then we don't need to move the body clocks that's hmm. so cool that you camp on the beach in hawaii and very smart too because flights to hawaii are pretty cheap but accommodation is crazy expensive, expensive. i know well like camping on the beach is like four bucks a night per person Wow. Yeah. Where where and why do you go? I know this is off intended, but let's <laughs> chat. Where yeah. and why do you go? <laughs> Kauai. Okay. On lovely. Nini Beach. And it's like got a reef around it, so it's really safe. So there's no like massive tides or anything for kids. Oh. And we just like put our tent, we check an extra bag for the tent. Get a rental car and off we go. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, because there's like, showers and things there. Yeah, there's or? showers, there's toilets. Wow. Okay. I mean, but like, I'm more on board in the with ocean. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so it's like you're literally like on the water. That's cool. So it's great. Yeah. The flights are fairly cheap and then you just get the, um, like in a rental car. But like, we don't always have to have perfect conditions, right? Like, yeah. it's like, if they're not going to sleep well on a five-night vacation, as long as they're sleeping overall pretty well, mm-hmm. have, like, you know, my four-year-old at the time, when we last went, she was four. She doesn't nap during the day when we're on the beach. She does nap, right? But then mm. she's, you know, up early because there's chickens everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, whatever. <laughs> Fix it when we get home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But yeah. she has the tools to do that, right? So, yeah. 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 And like she still goes to sleep. Like whenever we camp, I usually lay with them. Yeah. Just because it's like super exciting and that's kind of our little tradition. Yeah. And oh, it's a new fun. environment too, right? New it's not their, their comfort yeah. zone. And yeah. yeah. And we bring their stuffies that they love and yeah. we do their bedtime routine and bring the sound machine. So basically yeah. staying consistent no matter where you go, what you do is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I have learned a lot and I feel like <laughs> so much. I feel like there are definitely some changes that I need to make, but um I think I Doable, feel I feel a little bit more confident in yeah. in doing that cuz I really like the perspective of um like I said before Tyler's often said like you're we're doing her a disservice, but I and I and I agreed and I understand, but just like hearing your perspective of like how she might be feeling and like, and what she's maybe wanting, even though to me it seems like she's upset and might want and wants love, which she does. But like, why does she, why does she yeah. want that? And how can I help her succeed? Yeah, so that's how I'm going to look need. So that's how I need to look at it. And, um, and yeah, I think like just, I think she's so close. I think just needs that little push over the finish line. Oh yeah. And she's, she's uh, so close. Yeah. So Thank yeah. you. No you worries. Where can uh, people find you to, yeah. to get all this to find fun me? information? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, <laughs> Little Wink Sleep, um, or littlewinksleep.com. Uh, probably the best two places to find me. Well, honestly, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's thank been you. such a pleasure to have you and chat with you. And we're, again, we're just so excited that you're here today. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. We've loved it. And make sure um, you go follow her and check out her stuff. I know I'm going to be probably purchasing a class <laughs> as soon as we're done here. Um, so I think that if you guys are in any needs of um, sleep coaching, that you definitely um, check Anna out. because yeah, we're going to leave her information in the podcast description. So it'll yeah. be easy access. You can find it all there. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.